your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 18th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you off top. like to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms. It is Thursday, so that means it's crossover Thursday. Next team up on the schedule for the silver and black, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're sitting there at 5-4, and four, and they're headed to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, 1 p.m. kickoff. Uh, very excited about that game. Back-to-back home games for the first time this season for the Raiders. So, of course, on Crossover Thursday, you know we got to break down the game. And to help us do that on today's show, we'll have James Rapine, the host of Locked On Bengals. He'll join us in segment number two and segment number three to break down all things Cincinnati Bengals and get everyone prepared for the game on Sunday and see if the Silver and Black can improve to six and four or if they square up and even out at 5-5 five and five on the season and then start to wonder what's really going on with the three-game losing streak. So we'll, we'll talk about what the records are on Monday, but uh, excited about the opportunity to have James Rapine on the show to break down all things Cincinnati Bengals. So that's coming up in segment number two and segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. And, of course, here in segment number one, give you the news and the notes of the day, as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And off top, the Raiders made a couple roster moves on Wednesday. They moved linebacker Patrick Owasa up from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. He was the guy that signed with the Raiders back in September. He was originally undrafted free agent by the Ravens in 2016. Uh, he's played with the Ravens from 2016 to 2019, played with the Jets in 2020. He's six foot, 227-pound linebacker, played in 60 games, had 32 starts, 213 tackles, nine and a half sacks, an interception, six passes defense, four forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. So Patrick Owasu has been on the practice squad for a while for the Silver and Black. He is now on the 53 three-man roster, so uh, they had to make a corresponding move. They placed safety Tyree Gillespie on the reserve injured list, and I wanted to let you know those two back-to-back because they go together. Uh, Tyree Gillespie is a key special teamer. Of course, he got on the field uh, just a little bit briefly on defense, but he was a key special teamer, so now he's on injured reserve. Patrick Owasu will fill that special teams void that is left behind by Gillespie being placed on IR. Also wanted to go over the injury report real quick that came out on Wednesday for both the Raiders and the Bengals. The Bengals will start with them. Theirs is very short. Defensive tackle Tyler Shelvin. He has a knee injury. He didn't participate on Wednesday. I already know he's not playing at all on Sunday. Uh, he's probably not playing at all this uh, the rest of the year. He's only played four snaps all season long, so no big deal right there. He's a rookie. He's not going to be playing. Uh, center Trey Hopkins. He's dealing with a knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday. Now, that's something to pay attention to. He's been dealing with that knee injury all year long, coming back from an ACL uh, tear that he did really late in the season in 2020, and it actually surprised that he's out there playing. But uh, he'll be out there on Sunday, but he's just not quite 100% yet from that knee injury he suffered uh, tearing that ACL. And then wide receiver Auden Tate with thigh injury, he was limited, but he'll probably play on Sunday as well. But that's it when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Raiders... That's a, a different story. They've got a, a little bit longer of a list. Cornerback uh, Brandon Faison dealing with the finger and a hamstring injury. He was a full participant. So you saw him leave the game a little bit on Sunday. That's a good sign that he's a full participant because he is needed in a major way, especially since Trayvon Mullen is not back out there. And I know Faison's not the end-all, be-all, but he's better than the alternative, right? Uh, fullback Alec Engel, he's got the torn ACL. He's not playing the rest of the season, so obviously he's out. Running back Josh Jacobs.
Jacobs, knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday, and he's been on the uh, injury report all year long. Josh Jacobs just cannot stay healthy. I hate that. I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs. Would love to see him get cooking at some point this season. It just feels like it's not going to happen. Two back-to-back 1,000-yard-plus seasons. I do not believe this will be a third one for one Josh Jacobs, and that's too bad because, again, a big fan of him, like what he brings to the table, but he's just not bringing it in 2021. Linebacker Nick Wachowski, ankle injury, did not participate. He'd be a guy that I would be surprised to see him play on Sunday. I'm sure he's going to miss. Uh, defensive end Yannick Ngakwe has got a back injury, but he was a full participant on Wednesday. He's a dog. He's going to go out there, and I'm sure he'll play on Sunday. Feel good about that. Now, cornerback Keyshawn Nixon, running back Jalen Richard, and cornerback Amik Robertson. Nixon ankle and foot injury didn't participate Richard ribs did not participate and Amik Robinson hip injury did not participate either so five guys in total that did not participate one you know is not playing in Alec Ingold as he's out for the season and finally want to bring you some sound from Wednesday's media session Rich Basaccia met with the media Derek Carr met with the media Kenyon Drake met with the media and punter AJ Cole all met with the media I just want to bring you some sound from head coach Rich Basaccia just a few of the sound bites of what he had to say uh, and then we'll uh, go ahead and jump into segment number two but off top rich was asked about the bizarre nfl season especially in the afc you know everyone's kind of bunched up even with the raiders taking that big loss on sunday to the kansas city chiefs and not being in first place i mean there's still basically a game out there's a lot of five and four around the afc so rich was asked about the bizarre nfl season if he's ever seen something like this yeah no i mean i was in the nfc east for a long time we know what that looked like right so it's it's really a it's a week-to-week league, and I think if you get caught up, spend too much time in the telescope, you can get lost, in, and the microscope is really what you want to pay attention to. So I think the league is exactly what they want it to be. It's, there's a lot of parity in there. There's a lot of quarterbacks playing well in the league. Um, there's a lot of people running the ball well certain weeks, and then the run gets stopped certain weeks. So I, I just we're trying to focus on week-to-week because I think things, they change, right? Who, who thought was going to happen to us on Sunday, and then who thought was going to happen to um, LA on Monday. So I just think we all look at it as a week-to-week league. And that's all you really can do. I mean, we can look at it differently than a week-to-week league, but if you're those players in the locker room, if you're those coaches in the locker room, that's exactly how you got to approach it, a week-to-week league because, man, we've seen some crazy things, and we see some crazy things every year. We see teams get beat by teams we don't think that they should lose to. Hell, the Raiders almost lost to the Jets last year if it wasn't for a a last-second touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs. I mean, they were about as close to losing that game as possible and then barely squeaked it out at the end. And then, look, the Jets turned around, I think, the next week and won a game that nobody expected them to win. So, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. We've seen it this year. Jacksonville beat Buffalo. Uh, crazy things happen, but uh, obviously you don't want the Raiders to be victims of losing games to teams that they don't think that they should like they did coming out the bye week to the New York Giants. So, Rich Basaccia was also asked about the offense and the struggles that they've had, particularly in the beginning of games when they're getting off to slow starts. So, has he been able to identify the source of the problem? Well, I think both sides of the ball. We talk about starting fast and finish faster. You know, everyone has different vernacular, but that's kind of how we talk about it. That's what we preach to our team. And in the games that um, we've started fast, we've been in position to have a chance to win them in the end. And the games we haven't, lately, we're struggling, you know, getting ourselves back in the game in the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, I look at last week's game that we didn't play very well, obviously, with those drives in the the first half. And then we gave up some long drives. Um, But we also came back and had a big explosive play to go down there and and score to start the second half. And um, and then it got flipped around again. So 
yes, we'd love to start fast and we'd love to finish faster, as I'm sure every team in the league would be. So we try to do things in practice to hopefully give us a chance to do that as the game goes on, um, to where we schedule and, and uh, do some of the things in practice. But sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So you have to play with the hand you're dealt as you get going into the game. You know, and I understand completely what he's talking about, you know, trying to start fast, but not getting there. And you got to deal with the hand you're dealt. But I'll tell you, man, they haven't started fast at all throughout the course of the season. They just really haven't. And normally they would get off to hot starts and have a good first half. And then the second half, it'd be kind of suspect. Well, this has been completely opposite this year. They really have come on stronger in the second half and gotten off to really, really slow starts. So that's been very unfortunate. I wish they could find a way to get that thing turned around because, man, uh, starting off behind behind the eight ball is never good one of the reasons why they're starting off behind in my opinion they don't have a consistent run game they don't really have any run game whatsoever I think Josh Jacobs had a good game against the Giants and that was the only game he had so far this season that was good so Rich Passaccia was asked about figuring out how to get a consistent run game going week to week not just here and there well I think collectively we're looking at what we did in the game you know what we called and when we called it I think individually we're looking at you know where were some of our problems and um, what was the hand placement like? What was the body placement like of the lineman? And then when we got behind, it became a little bit more, certainly towards the end, a little bit of a two-minute game. And then, you know, uncharacteristically of us, I think we had five drives in the first half of seven plays or less. And when you do that, now you're putting your defense back on the field. You know, we look at, they played, I think, 80 plays in the game. So um, did they have part of that? Certainly they had part of it as well. But when you're going three and outs, or you're going five and outs, or you're going six and outs, and you're putting your defense back on the field, um, you know, puts them in bad position. But we just could not seem to get the running game going. We couldn't come up. I think we had one explosive run, and it really was probably a 12-yard run, not a 16-yard-plus run. So we just didn't do a good enough job of getting the, the run game going in this particular game. Again, we, I thought we ran the ball pretty well in New York, and we came back, and I thought we got, you know, we got it handed to us a little bit here. And then we were playing from behind the majority of the game, trying to get ourselves in position to score points. So um, they go hand-in-hand hand to some degree, and... Hopefully we'll be a little bit better this week. And unfortunately, I don't think that they're going to be better this week. I just don't think that they're a team that's built to run the ball anymore. You know, PE in North Carolina actually called into my radio show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday and said that exact thing. Said, Q, you know, hey, you know how I feel about Derek Carr, but I think that that's the best chance for the Raiders to win. Put it on DC's arm. Let him throw the rock. If he's got to throw it 40 times a game, let him throw it 40 times a game. If he got to throw it 45, let him throw it 45. 50, let him throw it 50 times. He is the best option that they have at this point because the run game is not non-existent. And I hate that because I'm a guy that loves to see the run game used. I love to see Josh Jacobs going. I want to see Kenyon Drake going. And unfortunately for the silver and black, it's just not happening. So it's got to be put on the shoulder of Derek Carr. Just like my guy PE in North Carolina said, it's the truth and it's got to be that's just what it's got to be throughout the rest of this season if they want to continue to try to win games. The final soundbite I have for you is about something that Rich Bisacci is a specialist in, and that's special teams. He's talking about the importance of special teams and how difficult it is to replace a guy like Alec Ingold, who was a key special teamer. Well, you know, special teams in this league are really it's personnel driven. And people talk about the bottom of your roster. We really talk about the glue guys, you know, the guys that kind of hold the offense and defense together. They're the ones in the middle. And um, so when you lose key players, you lose a Derek Carrier, you lose Nick Kwiatkowski, now we lose Alec Ingold, who certainly, you know, again, he was our captain. He was kind of our energy, energy bunny out there and could play multiple positions for us when someone else got banged up. But we like to think that we're the glue that kind of holds things together. We're, we're, we're the infantry. We have to gain ground. You know, it's the last play of offense on punt because we have the ball, but it transitions into the first play of defense force. So our number one job in, in coverage is to set our defense. 
And our number one job in the return game is to set our offense. That's our job. So when we do it well, we usually have favorable field position to give us a chance to go down and score. And when we do it well in the punt game, we usually set our defense where they have to go the long field. When we don't do it well, consequently, you give them a short field to play on. And consequently, you give your offense a long field to try to go score. So it's, it's the glue. And when it, when it works well, it's, it's advantageous to you in the game. And when it doesn't, it puts you behind the eight ball. So there's Rich Basaccia talking about what he knows best right there, special teams. And he's a really good special teams coach, always has been a really good special teams coach in the NFL. So he definitely knows what he's talking about there. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, going to be part one of the crossover edition. James Rapine, host of Locked On Bengals, will join the show to break down all things Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to go two segments long with James. So on in segment number one, you'll get the offense in segment number two you'll get the defensive side of things that's coming up next before we get to that though do want to tell you about an app that if you drive a car you should have if you get gas you should have it's get upside and all listeners of the lockdown raiders podcast are making up to 25 cents per gallon of gas every time they fill up just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now and use the promo code touchdown and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making a whole lot. As much as two, $300 a month in cash back. That's just extra money. Simple as that. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account and you can cash out anytime you want. Either your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon gift card, other brands. It doesn't matter. That's how easy it is. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. The app is called GetUpside. You need to make sure you get it and get it now. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. It is Thursday. That means crossover edition, baby. And the next team up on the schedule is the Cincinnati Bengals. So to help us break all things down, James Rapine, host of the Locked On Bengals. He joins the show in this segment. Going to talk all things offense. In segment number three, going to talk all things defense. So very excited about this uh, conversation. Of course, very excited about the game on Sunday. So uh, here it is, my conversation, part one of it, with James Rapine, host of Locked On Bengals. Bengals. James, thank you for your time. Uh, as always, man, it's always good to catch up with hosts each and every week to break down the next game. And Cincinnati's up next, headed to Las Vegas. It should be exciting and fun. How has it been, man, covering the Bengals? Uh, they got off to a hot start. Uh, I, I was very skeptical of the team. I was very naive about the team, even saying I didn't think they were very good. And they got off to a hot start and really made me eat my words. And, and now all of a sudden they've lost two straight similar to the Raiders. So again, five and four and five and four. What's the roller coaster ride been so far with the Cincinnati Bengals this season? Wow, it, it certainly hasn't been uh, boring, right? <laughs> There's been uh, plenty to cover. They've they've been really exciting. You're right. You get off to that five and two start. You go on the road and you beat Baltimore, and not just beat Baltimore, blow out Baltimore, right. forty-one to seventeen, a team that they hadn't beaten in the Zach Taylor era, and it was like, wow, maybe this team is an AFC not only playoff contender, but maybe they could make a, a little bit of a run here and, and win the North and all of these things. And you're right. Then they lay an egg on the road in New York against the Jets against Mike White, which <laughs> is just ridiculous to say. 
And, and then Baker Mayfield, and it really wasn't Baker Mayfield. It was that Browns uh, rushing attack and defense uh, had their way with the Bengals. And so now I think we don't know what they are. Okay. They think that they're a playoff team. I have no idea. And I think Sunday's uh, really a good gauge, not because it's a, a must win because of the way the AFC is. And you look at the standings, I don't necessarily think it is from a mathematical standpoint, but how many teams drop three straight and right. make the playoffs, especially right. at this stage. So I think it's a huge game on Sunday. You know, and that's, I can echo the same words for the Raiders. I mean, really. And, yeah. and honestly, I look at the team. I look at the roster. I look at where they're at right now in the AFC. Like you mentioned, I feel like these are really two evenly matched teams that are going to be taking the field on Sunday uh, early at, at Allegiant Stadium. But, I mean, as far as just the offensive side of things, uh, Joe Burrow obviously is the guy. Jamar Chase was the first pick. I know there was some controversy. Is it going to be an O-lineman? Is it going to be Chase? Chase obviously was the right pick. But how has the rest of the offense been? How have you seen them come together? And, and, and how is the offensive line looking right now? Yeah, so the offensive line is pretty good in three spots. Both tackle spots have been solid in Riley Reef and Jonah Williams at right and left tackle, respectively. Quentin Spain has had a great year so far at left guard. The veteran uh, stepping up, he signed a one-year deal this offseason, and he's played really, really well through nine weeks. But there's two clear holes. Center with Trey Hopkins. Okay. He tore his ACL in January against the Ravens. Didn't miss a snap. Has played in all nine games despite – having surgery in late January, but he's clearly not himself yet. And then it's been a revolving door at right guard, and it's going to be uh, Kima Denigy, a second-year player, uh, on Sunday against the Raiders. And so if you're Las Vegas, if you're any team right now, that's where I think you want to attack. And the Bengals have struggled in short yardage run situations uh, all season. And I think that's a big reason why you have struggles at right guard, revolving door there, and below average center play. So it, that hurts you. But overall, the offense has been inconsistent. Okay. There are times when they look great, and Jamar Chase is just awesome. And then there are times when they can't get a first down, and it just seems it's just so ugly, and they can't get into a rhythm, and they're going three and out, and they're they're failing to convert on third and one and third and two, right. and and so that's the the part of it I think that's been maddening because they have a lot of talent, and the offensive line, while it's not great, it's good enough. To, to, you know, score 28, 30 a week, but they've been inconsistent. Joe Burrows turned the ball over. And, and so th they need to clean a couple of things up. And, and honestly, I think if they're going to make a second half run, the offense is what's going to get them there. Joe Burrow is what's going to get them there. It's not going to be the defense, which kind of came back to the earth uh, over the past couple of weeks after a hot start. Yeah, they were. They were cooking with grease early in the season, man. And we'll, we'll definitely talk about the defense because I do. I want to pick your brain about that. But sticking with the offense right now, and you mentioned Joe Burrow and the turnovers. I mean, last season, I think he had five, and I know it was shortened because he had a torn ACL. I think he only had five interceptions. This year, I think he's like 11 or 12. What, what's been the biggest reason? Why has he all of a sudden started to turn the ball over as much as he has? Yeah, so he has 11 picks. He okay. led the NFL. I don't know if he still does uh, after week 10, but right. uh, certainly did going into the bye week. And and it's been a mixture of things, to be honest with you, Q. Some of it was uh, just bad location. Like he had an interception against the Ravens in that blowout game where he just left it short in the end zone. And Marlon Humphrey had one of the easier interceptions of his career. It was a zero blitz. He threw off his back foot and he was trying to hit that back pylon. And it was just bad location. And it was an easy interception. A couple weeks ago through the pick six to Denzel Ward, 
and the throw was just late mm -hmm. and it or yeah it was late and it was off target he's supposed to throw it to the pylon and he threw it where ward could cut in front of chase and uh take it all the way to the house so there's been some of those and then there's been bad luck ones like there there was a, a sack fumble essentially against the bears where the ball popped up in the air but it was caught so it was an interception he had one against the jets in the fourth quarter a few weeks ago where it's a blind pass basically where they faked it to one side threw it to the other and the defensive lineman tipped it up in the air and caught it and if that ball gets to jamar chase he's probably taking it 50 yards downfield right. and instead it was an interception and the jets uh took the lead and eventually won the game so some bad luck some bad decisions i don't think the bengals are panicking i don't think burrow is panicking but they certainly uh, want to see that number drop in the second half. He threw, uh, you know, 11 and nine games. They would like to see probably a half an interception per game. And he's thrown one in, in five straight games, by the way, too. So you better believe Gus Bradley and company are probably talking about that. And they want to extend that streak to six games. Right. No doubt about it. They they want to make, you know, create turnovers. They haven't created a bunch of turnovers, but they definitely want to do that. And uh, I mentioned earlier to you that the Raiders run defense wasn't very good. It's actually been struggling a lot as of late. Uh, how's Joe Mixon been doing? I, I respect him a lot as a running back. Saw him a lot at Oklahoma. Uh, I know he's done well in the NFL, but uh, how's he been doing this year? And, and are they using him enough or is more of it on Joe Burrow's arm? No, I, I think they are. They're using him. It, it was tough uh, against the Browns because they got down as, as early as they did. But no, they're using him uh, in putting him in a position to succeed a decent amount, but this isn't a great run blocking uh, offensive line. Right. And so they struggle in short yardage. And, and so the thing that I think is going to be interesting, especially in the second half, how do they generate ways to get the ball to mix in? Are they going to call more screens? Are they going to uh, motion him out? into the slot and try to get him in, in an advantageous matchup against a linebacker. Uh, are, are they going to do that? Because if so, you're, you're right. You could see him have a huge impact. But as the weather changes, especially here in the Midwest, right. I think you're going to have to rely more on that power running game. And, uh, and that means putting Joe Burrow under center. And that's something, especially coming off of the knee, I don't know how comfortable he was, but I think he's getting more and more comfortable with that. And, uh, and so, yeah, Mixon's going to have to have a big year. He's been good. For, for sure. Right. But uh, he's going to have to be even better in, in the offensive line is going to have to improve as uh, as the season goes as a, a run blocking unit. If uh, they're going to reach their full potential as an offense, because I, I think they've been I don't want to say underwhelming, but like I said, inconsistent so far this year. And part of that has to do with the, the running game going up and down and, and all around and not being consistent when they needed to. Well, the Raiders, they went into their bye week uh, after beating Philadelphia. They beat them soundly, you know, really dominant performance. They went into their bye week five and two. Since they came out of their bye week, they've lost two games. And now they're at five and four, similar to Cincinnati at five and four. But Cincinnati's coming out of their bye week. Uh, one, what is their track record when it comes to the bye week? You know, how do they usually perform coming out of the bye? And do you feel like they're pretty healthy coming out of this week or coming out of the bye week? They're awful after buys. They've been really bad. And not just the Zach Taylor era. It, yeah. And part of it is Zach hasn't won many games. Right. But, you know, he was 6-25-1 coming into this year. So if he wins Sunday, he'll match his win total from the first two years. Right. So we'll see if he can do that. Um, but even before that, they've just – it's been weird how bad they've been historically coming off, off the buy. But they are relatively healthy. You know, they have some guys on injured reserve. Trey Waynes is on injured reserve. But they've only had him for two games this year. But injury report-wise, Auden Tate's going to play on Sunday. Uh, the, the only guy that might not play Sunday would be Tyler Shelvin, and he's a rookie defensive tackle that hasn't really played a ton. He didn't practice on Wednesday. But outside of that, they're pretty healthy. And so 
it, it's kind of funny for the past couple years, health has been such a topic for the mm. front office and for the coaching staff as, as to why they've struggled. Well, now they're as healthy probably as any team in the league. And so they can't rely on that as an excuse. And it has been a reason, but they can't use that as an excuse. So we'll see if they can get back on the winning side on Sunday now that they are pretty healthy after the bye. So there is part one of our conversation right there talking all things offense. James Rapine, again, host of Locked On Bengals, does a fantastic job covering the Bengals like a glove. So you got the offensive side of things. You'll get the defensive side of things coming up in segment number three, crossover edition part two with James Rapine. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, and they've got everything covered, basketball, Football, both pro and college. They've got NHL, boxing, UFC. They've got it all covered for you at betonline.ag, your number one spot for all the action this season. All you got to do is head to the website. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Well, what exactly does that mean? That means if you put you know $500 into your account, you that's what you want to gamble with, you can get $250 on top of that if you use the promo code Locked On. The more you put in, the more you're going to get as a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. It's that simple. All one word, locked on. Again, basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, betonline.ag. Take advantage of all the great offers for the season. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Plus, they're where the games start. Segment number three, crossover edition part two. It's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on the crossover edition. In segment number two, you heard all things offense when it came to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now it's time to turn our attention to the defense. So to help me do that, continuing on is James Rapine, host of Locked On Bengals. Does a fantastic job. But here's part two of that conversation as we talk all things defense. Uh, early in the season, man, they were flying around there, making a bunch of plays. I think they were like top five in defense. They were just killing it. And I know that, like you mentioned earlier, they came down to earth a little bit. What has changed defensively? Has it just been the fact that they're playing better talent or has something changed schematically or with the team? You wish it was that, right? Just you could blame it on the talent. But Mike White, Ty Johnson yeah. and, you know, Michael Carter went up and down the field on them in New York. And I actually think Carter's a, a pretty good player, but still, you can't let that happen. And Tackling was such an issue against the Jets. I think uh, Pro Football Focus had him at 15 missed tackles. Mm. It felt like more. It felt like every screen pass instead of five yards was going for 15, 20 yards, a lot of chunk plays like that. And they had been such a disciplined defense leading up to that game that you just didn't expect that to happen, and it did. And then against the Browns, it was sort of the same. You know, They couldn't tackle Nick Chubb. Uh, he he went off for a 70-yard run, but that was the difference, is the explosive plays. 60-yard touchdown to Donovan Peoples-Jones, 70-yard run to Nick Chubb. So the past two games, they've really struggled in different ways. And so I've kind of sold all my stock on the defense, to be honest with okay. you. I, I just I think that seven weeks, you look at the schedule, guys were playing, you know, are overperforming, and at some point you come back down to earth and not that they're going to be the 30th best defense right. in the league or anything like that, but they're certainly not fifth or seventh. They're probably somewhere in the 15 to 20 range. And you, you know, the, the other thing that we'll see uh, start to see on Sunday, can Jesse Bates regain his 2020 form right. because he hasn't had the same type of impact on, on defense that he had last year. And he admitted that earlier this week. So that's uh, certainly a storyline we'll be watching for here in Cincinnati. 
You know, the trenches are always where it's at, right? And uh, I asked about the the uh, the offensive line for the Bengals. Well, I want to ask about the defensive line as well. The Raiders' offensive line is newly constructed. It's, this year has been kind of, a, you know, kind of mix and match different parts, and they're trying to figure it out. Didn't have a very good performance against the Chiefs. How is the defensive line for Cincinnati? How are they getting after the quarterback, creating a bunch of pressure? Does it come from the edges, up the gut? What can you tell me about the defensive line? Well, on the edge, they did sign Trey Hendrickson, and he's made an impact. You know, he's getting pressures. Doesn't give you much in the run game, but certainly is their best edge rusher. Sam Hubbard has shown flashes of it, but is, is mm-hmm. inconsistent as an edge rusher. Is much better uh, as a defensive end in the run game. But the the strength of this defensive line is certainly on the interior with okay. DJ Reader. He's their best defensive mm-hmm. lineman. Uh, he's been their best player on defense so far this year. And, and they have a, a rotation alongside him. You'll see some Larry Ogunjobi, BJ Hill, Josh Tupau will all rotate uh, along with Reader, but Reader's going to be out there a lot. And so they have some depth there on the interior, and that is their strength. They've been pretty solid against the run. They've uh, gotten some push up the middle, and and that's the one edge that in, in the one difference, I think, when you look at this defense from past years to this year, that can give you some, if you're a Bengals fan, some encourage uh, or some hope that this defense is going to be what we saw the first seven weeks is because they have a lot of guys they can uh, put in there at defensive tackle and and trust. So I think it's, you know, maybe a slightly above average starting defensive line. They don't have many edge rushers behind those two guys that I mentioned, uh, unfortunately for them, which makes it tough. So you'll see some Khalid Kareem as well, uh, you know, as the third edge rusher, you see some guys like that, but they uh, outside of Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, they're not generating a lot of pressure off the edge. And you mentioned earlier about the big explosive plays that they've given up as of late. What would you say that was the biggest cause of? Is that the corners? Is that the safeties not playing the way they're supposed to be playing? I know you mentioned Bates, but just what what would you say would be the biggest issue in giving up those big explosive plays? Well, the Chubb run, I think Larry Ogunjobi was in the backfield and could have made a play, didn't. Uh, There was one or two other defenders that could have tackled him, didn't. And then we know how fast he is when he gets going. He's got that track speed. So uh, he was gone. (laughs) And then uh, as far as the Donovan Peoples-Jones touchdown, it was Eli Apple. And and that's a guy, if I'm uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm finding him. And whether it's Deshaun Jackson, whether, you know, it's it's Hunter Renfro, whatever it is. And and I'm going to try to isolate him and make him stop you a a couple times because – uh, Chidobe Awujie has been a really good surprise, I think, on this defense. He's certainly their top corner. But with Trey Wayne's out, uh, Eli Apple has been up and down, sometimes good, sometimes not. But that's certainly the the guy you want to target. And Mike Hilton hasn't been great in coverage as well yeah. in, in the slot. So when I mentioned Hunter Renfro, uh, certainly something that I could see there is Derek Carr going to Renfro on Sunday. You know, I, I've completely forgot that Eli Apple was on that roster. He was a guy that was signed to the Raiders before. And I remember, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but man, that's the worst first round pick ever. You know what I mean? Like that, that dude, he was, he was so bad. And I remember when the Raiders signed him, I kept saying it like, oh no, are you serious? Like not Eli Apple. And I, I mean, look, he's, <laughs> he, he earned the first round pick, I guess, but he just... He wasn't good in New York, and I don't think – he wasn't really good in New Orleans. I mean, he just – he hasn't really been good anywhere. I totally forgot he was in Cincinnati. Yeah, I can understand why why there were some some issues there with him. He's just – I don't think he's got the goods, obviously. But, oh, man, that's that's a that's a good one right there. So, yeah, definitely definitely stay away from Awuzie and, and look for Eli Apple. That's, that's, a, that's a good target right there. So, uh, finally, I wanted to ask you about 
the middle of the field. Uh, Darren Waller is a superstar. Darren Waller is a guy that I'd like to see him get, you know, 15 targets of the game. He hasn't been getting those lately, but how is the middle of the field? How is, you know, defending the tight end? Is this a game potentially that Darren Waller, if they target him, could have a big day? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, I think if I'm the Raiders, that's, that's exactly my game plan. Find 83, throw it to him early and often. Make Logan Wilson run and cover. Uh, you know, if Jermaine Pratt's on him, good luck. It, it, but, it, you know, if I'm the Bengals, I'm trying to find a way to get, uh, you know, a Wuzier on him right. and, or Jesse Bates and Von Bell. And it, maybe you double them and you say someone else beat me, you know, right. and, and maybe it's Brian Edwards or one of those other guys. But, yeah, I, I think this is a game – you know, if I'm if I have Waller in fantasy, you're firing him up every week. <laughs> but this is a game where he could have a uh, a big day. The good news for the Bengals is they did face um, Mark Andrews earlier this year, okay. and I know they're different players, right? For sure. But they threw multiple different looks at Andrews, and it worked early. And then the Ravens adjusted it, and he got going a bit, but they're able to contain everything else. So maybe that's the route they go. They use Trey Flowers on him a little bit. He's a bigger corner, six three. Uh, you know, 200 pounds. So may maybe that's the route they go. But uh, yeah, if if I'm Lou Anarumo, the Bengals defensive coordinator, it's going to have to be multiple guys to just try to contain him. And, right. and on the flip side, yeah, I, I think it could be a, a big game for, for Waller for sure. Well, I, I've been pounding the table saying that the Raiders need to get him going, get him really, really involved. Let a superstar be a superstar. We'll see if they do it on Sunday or not. Uh, I know I said that was my final question, but I did want to ask one Zach Taylor question. Where are we right now? Is Zach Taylor the guy? Is he? Is it still a work in progress? How are Cincinnati fans feeling about the head coach right now? TBD, much okay. like this Fair. team. I, I think it, he, even at five and two, it was okay. Well, now let's see how he handles success, right? And 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 how this team responds to all the national attention they were receiving, and, and so now. How do they respond to this adversity? Right. And because to me, in this AFC, in, in the AFC North, none of these teams are great. Right. And so they should be right there. Maybe they don't make the playoffs, but after you start five and two, can you get the nine and eight? I think mm. that's reasonable to go four and four down the stretch after dropping two straight. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I think it's to be determined. Uh, overall, I think the Bengals are probably pleased with where the team is at overall. And fans, I think, are okay. They're a little worried after the two straight losses. But uh, he certainly can earn his job over the next eight weeks. The door is open for him. He's just going to have to take it, much like the Bengals and much like the Raiders and a lot of teams in the AFC. Right. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a game, man. I mean, 5-4 and four against 5-4. and four, Both teams on a two-game losing streak. Uh, both teams have playoff aspirations, but neither team knows if they're going to make it to the playoffs. I mean, they just don't, and the AFC is a mess, kind of all bunched up like you mentioned. So it should be fun, man. So uh, I, I definitely appreciate you taking the time, giving us a great detail on what to expect from Cincinnati on Sunday. You mentioned before you're not going to make the trip to, to Vegas, huh? No, unfortunately not. Otherwise, I would uh, I would be asking you for the, the spots to go. But uh, <laughs> next time, I'll be there for sure. All right. Well, next time, man, we'll welcome you in with open arms, and uh, we'll get together and make something happen. And by then, I'll have some really good hot spots for you, I promise. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So there it is. There it was. That was the crossover edition on this Thursday, November 18th, 2021. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you have a better idea of what to expect from the Cincinnati Bengals coming up on Sunday, a team that uh, I didn't expect to be a really good team at the beginning of this season. I was actually shocked when they got off to the 
five and two start, uh, but they did. You know, they beat the brakes off the of Baltimore Ravens, and I think that that was the game that really opened my eyes to whoa, this team's a really good team. Now they've come down to earth a little bit. They're five and four, just like the Raiders are five and four. I think these two teams are very evenly matched. I think it's going to be a very competitive game on Sunday, but I don't think it's a game that the Raiders can't win. You know what I mean? I, I have as much confidence, if not more, than I did going into the New York Giants game with the Raiders, you know? And uh, I had confidence going into Sunday night football against Kansas City, even though I knew there was a chance that the Chiefs were going to flip that switch and all of a sudden be that team that we all expected. But still, don't think that the Raiders, really anyone on their schedule, they can't beat. They really struggle when they, they beat themselves, when they have those stupid pre-snap penalties, when they just don't execute the way they're supposed to. That's what when they get into trouble, but uh, I think it's going to be a very competitive game on Sunday against Cincinnati. Very excited about it. Back-to-back home games for the Silver and Black. So coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll break down the keys of the game. How do I think the Raiders will come away with the victory? What do I think they're going to need to do to get a victory on Sunday? We'll have that. We'll have calls and texts straight off that Locked on Raider podcast voicemail line, and we'll have news and notes of the day as we close out the week really, really strong. So uh, appreciate everyone for chiming in. Appreciate everyone for tuning in and making the show the first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find this show free and available on all platforms where you find your favorite podcast. So until Friday, Raider Nation, stay strong, stay healthy, stay loving on your family, do what you got to do. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.